You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello and welcome back to another live edition of the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by 90 Min. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simiu, and I'm delighted to be joined by a co-host for this week's reaction slash fan phone-in show. Uh, welcome back to the programme, Dan Potts. How you doing, mate? Yeah, good cheers, man. I'm uh, pleased to be on with you, mate. I've uh, not been on one of these live shows for a while, man. They seem to be very popular, so cheers for having me on, mate. No worries at all, mate. It has been a, a while, actually, yeah, since you've been, you've been on one of these. And it feels like we're doing them every week now and, and there's nothing to talk about but defeats and demoralisation <laughs> and um, humiliation and anger and all, and all of that stuff. And it is, it's getting a little bit worrying now, I've got to be honest. And, and I said it on last week's show and it's kind of gotten to a point for me, and I don't know if it's the same for you, Dan, where it's gone from being angry, being frustrated to a point now where I'm actually concerned. I'm actually worried about the direction in which this club is traveling. I'm actually struggling to see what the kind of quick fix to all of this is. And we're going to come on to talk about a variety of subjects throughout this program. We're going to talk about Mikel Arteta. We're going to talk about certain players. We're going to talk about the the backroom uh, guys, the, you know, the likes of Edu, Vinay, the Kronkies. I'm sure we're going to cover it all on this show. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at. I'm at a point now where I'm actually genuinely worried and probably more worried than I've ever been for Arsenal's future. You know, we talked a lot, didn't we, during Arsene Wenger's days about the club regressing and all of that stuff, but it never was this bad. Arsenal were never in 15th place under Arsene Wenger. And, you know, if we were, we certainly weren't at this point in the season, you know, almost a third of the way through. Um, you know, we wouldn't have been in this position, that's for sure. It's not saying I want Arsene back or anything, but, you know, it, it, it just, I'm just putting into context, actually, how far we've fallen and how bad it's had to actually get. Um, before we get into it, though, just a quick reminder that if you do want to join us this evening, if you want to have your say on anything Arsenal, uh, all you need to do is send us a DM on Twitter to at Chronicles underscore AFC. You'll see it rolling across the bottom of your screen now for those of you watching us on YouTube. Um, and uh, for those of you listening on the audio, well, you're too late. So uh, stay tuned and, and hopefully come and join us next week. But that's how you join. DM us at Chronicles underscore AFC and we'll ping you a link right back. Bear with me. I will send the link back to as many people as I possibly can between now and the hour um, coming to an end. Uh, so if I don't get around to you, I do apologize. As Dan said, these shows have been very popular in the last few weeks. And unfortunately, I have had to cut them as in I've not been able to get around to everyone, but I will do my best. Um, so please, if you do want to have your say, feel free to get involved with myself and Dan are going to share some of our thoughts and then we're going to come to some of your calls and see what you guys have to say. Um, Dan, where are you on Mikel Arteta? Because I think we've both been quite supportive of him up to a certain point. I think both of us probably have some serious concerns about his ability now to turn this around. Uh, do you think it's fair for me to say that? 
Hundred percent, it is, mate. Yeah, I'm, I'm completely done. I can't stick up for the manager anymore. I wanted to see something different after we got thumped by Aston Villa at home, and I've seen nothing different. What I've seen is us lose to Wolves. I've seen us lose to Tottenham. I've seen us luckily draw to Leeds after going down to ten men because they hit the bar and post quite a few times. By the way, I see us lose to Everton now. I see us lose to Burnley, and I see us play poorly against Southampton and Nickel Point. I'm not seeing anything different. And the main reason I'm not seeing this different is because this team ain't good enough. Yes. But this manager is the one who's picking this team that ain't good enough still. And I'm not seeing enough change. Now, last night was the first time I see a few changes and it started to look good when it was a bit too late. He made things way too late, in my opinion, against Everton. Um, Martinelli came on. We looked a little bit more threatening. I thought when Lacazette come on, funnily enough, it was actually one of the more, more positive moves because we looked like we can actually try and hold the ball up a little bit better because Eddie just wasn't doing it. And I'm just quite surprised that he's putting his faith in some of these players still when I look at the likes of Maitland-Niles. He's only just get given a chance. Why? Because he's been forced into it. He would be playing Bellerin if he was fit. He doesn't want to give Maitland-Niles a go in the midfield. When Chaka comes back against Brighton, he'll walk straight back into that side, although he's been terrible. I thought Danny Ceballos was shocking again. I thought that Willian playing 90 minutes is a disgrace. I think that what he's doing with Pepe is clearly not working, whatever he's telling him. I don't think he likes uh, Pepe at all. Takes him off. I thought that the midfield is still struggling to get that right. I don't think that Elneny was terrible, as some people were saying, but I didn't think he was great. So See, I, I, it, I, thinking, I think I think that Sabios was was better than Elneny yesterday. Mm. I, per, I I I thought that our a couple of our better players would have been Sabios and maybe well and definitely Kieran Tierney. I, I didn't think Sabios was yeah, bad. Tierney was decent, man. But listen, Tierney. These are the same again. This is another thing that comes up is we're talking about Tierney and Saka again every single week being good. So I think that that's fair enough if you're playing the same players that are performing, but the players that are not performing, he's still giving that chance to. And it's like he's kind of expecting Harry to just magically, they're going to be good all of a sudden. And that's what frustrates me with it. I still don't quite understand how Eddie and Willock are ahead of Smith, Rowe and Balogun. That for me is baffling. I can't see what they've done to deserve a team ahead of the other two. Um, I look at Rob Holding and what I see is somebody who tries hard, but somebody that just isn't good enough. Um, if Saliba is not better than Rob Holding, why did we sign him? Get him gone. So there's so many question marks under over Arteta now, and I don't feel like I can stick up for him anymore. And the other thing is he's clearly learning on the job and we haven't got time for a manager to be learning on the job, man. We're in serious trouble. You know, I see someone in the chat earlier talking about me and uh, mentioning Rafa Benitez. That's the sort of manager I'll be looking towards now, just for the pure fact that he's got the experience of the Premier League. He's good in Europe. He's been there and done it. And I think personally, he's somebody that's always been quite underrated as a manager, particularly when he was at Newcastle, thought he did a great job. And I think he'd be the perfect sort of manager now because we need experience. I do think the board are going to stick with him, but we need to make a decision now and the board, this is, and the owners of, do we get this rid of this manager now or do we give him January and then have to get rid of him? I think we have to get rid of him before January because I don't think you can give somebody the transfer window and then be in the relegation zone and then sack him because then, say, a Rafa Benitez or somebody comes in, he's then got to work with players that Arteta's bought, Freddie's bought, Arteta, uh, Emery's bought and Wenger's bought. And he's going to then be asked to buy more players. So it just gets a bit of a mess. So we're in a real awful, awful situation, mate. 
I think uh, I agree with most of what you said. I think we are in a, a really worrying situation. I started off the show by saying that we're in a, a really worrying situation. Before I go on, just a quick reminder, though, if you want to have your say in the second part of this show, in around about actually five to seven minutes, get your uh, DMs over to at Chronicles underscore AFC and I'll ping you back a link. And then we're going to get through as many of your calls as we can between now and half past 10. Um, smash the like button too if you haven't already and subscribe to the channel if you're new. But, you know, I'm, I'm looking at this group, I'm looking at this club and I'm, I'm struggling to pin the blame solely on Mikel Arteta. And I know that you're not necessarily doing that, Dan, but there are a lot of people out there who are sort of very aggressive in the, in the way they're going at Mikel Arteta. They're talking about him needing to be sacked now. People talk about Smith, Rowe and Balogun and they say, like, you know, you mentioned why why are Willock and Enketi ahead of him? Well, I would come back at you there and say, what have Smith, Rowe and Balogun proven to suggest that they're ready to play in the Premier League? I think the answer is absolutely nothing. So I think we're, we're kind of players like Balogun and Smith, Rowe. Look, I think they've got potential. But if I was a manager in deep shit at the moment, like Mikel Arteta is, I don't think I'd be turning to two pretty much unproven kids. I think... A lot of Arsenal fans are sitting there going, well, why doesn't Mikel just bin off all these, um, you know, overpaid, underperforming, experienced players and go with the youth? Well, he obviously doesn't feel as though the youth is good enough to get him the results either. And I kind of have to agree with him because as football fans, and it's a natural thing that football fans do, we tend to overrate homegrown academy products. Not just Arsenal fans, everybody does that. So where you know at what point do you like you look at some of those players and you say yeah you know they've they've got big futures ahead of them but up until this point they have done nothing to suggest that they would do any better yes you could say that the guys that are playing now are not performing so could it be any worse but I think it could um and I think that Mikel is is inexperienced and probably values experience more than maybe he should as a result of his own inexperience if that makes sense he kind of looks at some of his I reckon he looks in the mirror and looks at some of his shortcomings and and puts them down to a lack of experience and so I think that will probably be his attitude with players as well you know some of the decisions that baffle me Rob Holding as captain was was a strange one. And in a week where there were lots and lots of rumours, weren't there, Dan, about Willian and David Lewis mm. being unhappy with Mikel behind the scenes. You know, if that's true, and they've both asked for him to be sacked, none of them should be playing. If, yeah, it's, well, not, it, if it's not true, though, and, and the fact that both of them started suggests it's probably not, then for me, David Lewis has to be the captain. If you're David Lewis, an experienced footballer, an experienced campaigner who hasn't been great for Arsenal, but has been OK and, you know, has, has done pretty well. And he's always been spoken about in glowing terms by the management based on the fact that he's such a good leader, um, you know, a player that's very popular in the dressing room. We always hear that rhetoric, that line from Arsenal Football Club, then surely to overlook him and give the captain's armband to Rob Holding is a big, basically, it's an up yours to David Lewis. And and mm. I thought that you could see in David Lewis's attitude yesterday that he, he he did look unhappy. He did look upset. He did look as though there was something wrong. And when, the more you see of this kind of thing, the more you're, you become inclined to start believing these rumours 
about disharmony behind the scenes. And if that is the case, if it is the case that there is problems behind the scenes at Arsenal, then it's going to be very, very difficult for Mikel to recover. I, I, I don't see how he does it. Uh, I'm with you. I've, listen, there's definitely problems dressing room wise. There's definitely problems higher up than the dressing room, in my opinion. I think there's some Arsenal politics going on, which we're not we're not privy to. But I honestly believe when you look at David Luiz yesterday, I thought he was actually played really well. Um, and I don't believe that it's true about these rumours because they both wouldn't be getting 90 minutes. That's for sure. If they want you out, you're not going to put your faith in 90 minutes in those two players. So I'm not so sure what's happening there. There's some kind of rumours. There's some leak. But for me, you talk about experience. That's what's let the last few managers down. Wenger and Emery have trusted these experienced players and they've let them down. And I'm just frustrated that I see Arteta trusting the same players. So when Mustafi was pretty much told, going week, offer him a new contract. When Chaka was out the door to Hertha Berlin, we begged him to stay. When David Luiz messed up at Man City and got sent off, we were told, do you know what? You're off. No, you're not. I want you to stay. So all of a sudden, I'm looking at these players that he's putting trust in. They're the ones I want to be gone. Lacazette, if you're not going to sign your contract, you need to get out the door, mate. Bellerin, you have tried for eight years to be an Arsenal right back and you're still not good enough. Goodbye. So I think what I'm getting frustrated at is I'm, I was hoping Arteta was going to refresh stuff and progress us. What I seem to see him doing is he's, he's trusting the players that we're going, whoa, 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 we want these guys out the door. And then if I, if, if you want to look at the Willian example, he's a very, very experienced player and he's trusting the experienced player, like you said that you would do, Harry. I would have more trust in Reese Nelson just for the pure facts that I know he's going to give but 110%. Why? But why? But, but this is my point. This is my point. Look, I agree that Willian is not performing at the moment and I wouldn't have him in the team. But when has Reese Nelson consistently produced that Premier League level? He hasn't ever. Willian has got a whole career of 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 but not credit, Arsenal. if you like. Not no, Arsenal. not Arsenal. You're right. No, you, you're right. But if I, you know, th this is my point. We're, we're not talking about Mikel Arteta leaving out. We're not talking about him leaving out proven players here for ones that aren't performing. We're talking about Mikel Arteta picking underperforming experienced players ahead of unproven ones. And I think that's a very different thing. I think it's a very different thing. He can't, he doesn't look at that bench and say, yeah, you will definitely do me a job today. Because if he did, I think those players would be being selected. We talk about some of the players he's stuck with, the Bellerins, whatever. You know, until the player turnover is there, and by that I mean until we can move out seven, eight players, bring in seven, eight more, which hasn't happened yet under Mikel Arteta, then... It's going to be a problem. Look, I'm I'm not saying that Mikel Arteta is still the right man to do this job. If I have to be completely honest right now, with each passing week, I worry more and more about whether he's good enough to do this. And I still believe deep down that Mikel Arteta will go on to become a good coach. I think he would have learned a hell of a lot from this job, from this experience. Not this year. But, yeah, <laughs> exactly. But I... You know, I, I you think some of these youngsters, though, Harry, have been given a chance to be consistent because I'm not sure they have. I look at the Europa League side and I think, actually, forget the opposition. We've played some good football. It's been nice to watch. It's been energetic. We've looked at um, as though we actually care. The players are trying. 
I've seen more in Balogun in the last few games than I have in Lacazette and Aubameyang all season. If I'm honest with you, I looked at him. He was trying. He was looking. He looked like it for me. He wants to play now. The Balogun situation. I will say this: it could be that he's off to Liverpool. But he doesn't. He's not in Arteta's plans because he's decided that he's not going to sign a contract. If that's the case, I'm absolutely cool with that. Yeah. Smith Rowe for me has come in, and and every time he's looked come on that pitch, I think, wow, he's the only player running past a striker like Aaron Ramsey used to. But we've not seen a chance for him to be consistent. But what we are seeing is Eddie and Willock being thrown on every single game for 10, 15 minutes, already starting the games, and then nothing's happening. So what are my kind of arguments to that is try something different. Because you can rely on Willian's experience all you want, but if he isn't performing in an Arsenal shirt, you're going to have to change it at some stage. Because otherwise, you're just going to get lower and lower in the league. And that's my question mark over Arteta at the moment, is that I believe he's putting trust in the wrong players. And yeah, if these players I, are continuously let him down, he needs to change his tune. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. I just feel like it's not that simple because the alternative options in my eyes are still, for the most part, unproven young kids. And, and that's that's why I still think it's... it's yeah, you want to see changes made, but... It's not as straightforward as just dumping everybody out of the team and picking an under-23 side because that isn't going to work either, I don't think. I don't even think that crop of players are good enough. But let's go to our first caller. Uh, thank you so much uh, for waiting patiently in the wings there. Uh, welcome to the Chronicles of Aguna. Sam, how you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Uh, another defeat again. Um, what I want to... I've, the best way to assess it is, like you say, is... Blame put people putting it all on Arteta are deluded because the club is more of a mess off the pitch than it is on the pitch. The way it goes, the board in the summer, they had however long, even in the COVID restart, they could have planned, right, who are we getting rid of? What do we need to do? What's our wage structure like? Bang, that's the plan. What they did is they signed players who aren't even playing on ridiculous contracts, Mari and Cedric. And they couldn't get rid of players like Mustafi, Kalazanac, and they rejected offers for Lacazette and Bellerin, I, I presume. Um, easy money was there. So the restructure was poor, for to, and the support of Arteta has been poor. Then you've got Edu, who's coming out with statements this week saying that, oh, everything's great. Like, this is a guy who was an invincible, and he's saying Arsenal in 15th and things are going great. Um, then you've got Arteta. As you guys have said before, why does he keep playing these players who are not doing it for him? He can't come out and say every single week that we are playing well, as he did yesterday, because it just looks naive and he's making himself look worse every single week. I pray, like Carragher said on commentary, he said, I hope Arteta doesn't say the same again. He said it. He said the same again. We dominate the game. What did he say? He said our teams in our position normally get battered. Uh, what is it a positive? We're not getting beat six two like Leeds. Sam, let me ask you though. Let me let me ask you a question though, mate. What Mikel Arteta is saying to the press and to the media? Do you think he's saying the same thing behind the scenes? Because I don't. I think that mm -hmm. Mikel Arteta is trying to play a little bit of a game with the media. Okay. I think he's handling the media wrong. Mm. But I put that down. To inexperience. Yeah. I, I think somebody like Pep Guardiola, somebody like Jurgen Klopp, somebody like Jose Mourinho, who's been around the block time and time again, would deal with it in a different way. 
to deflect a little bit. So Mourinho is a prime example, I think, of someone. I don't know what you think about this, Dan. Mourinho, in my opinion, is, is a prime example of someone who, when it doesn't go his way, he deflects it. It's yeah. everybody else's fault. It's yeah. not his team's fault. It's not. A, it's everybody else's fault. Maybe that is something that we just have to accept, given that this is Mikel's first job as the main man. Yes, yeah. he's got experience at City, but he wouldn't have had to face up to the media the way he now does at Arsenal. And he's obviously going for a really difficult patch. Uh, yeah. Just before I come back to you on that, Sam, Dan, do you agree with me on that? Do you think that what he's saying to the media and what he's actually thinking and what he's actually relaying to the players are probably two different things? I've been quite happy with Mikel Arteta's press conferences up until the last six weeks. I think he's always handled the press quite well. I think he's always been quite honest. I am not so happy about the transparency that I've seen of the last few weeks. And what I mean by that is this. Pepe gets sent off, he calls him a disgrace. Chaka gets sent off, he says he's too passionate and it's just a mistake that happens sometimes. Hold that on, let me pause you there. Hold on, go on, go on. Let, me, let me pause you there though. Again, after he, do, after he did that to Pepe, and, I, and I'll bring Sam back in here, after he did that to Nicolas Pepe, where he called him out in front of the, the TV cameras, there were lots and lots of rumbles about the rest of the squad being very unhappy with that. Yeah, we've all read it. We've all read that the squad were furious about that. So could it not be that in not doing it to Granit Xhaka, it was just Mikel Arteta having learnt his lesson from doing it to Nicolas Pepe and causing an uproar behind the scenes, rather than him being biased and rather than him having one rule for one and one rule for the other? Yeah, um, I, I agree. I think, like you say, he's learning on the job. Um but at the same time, doesn't that say a lot about the squad that, you know, a lot of these players in the squad think they have authority over the manager, I think. Like you say, if the rumours are true that players are complaining about him or they're complaining about stuff that he does and then it's, you can tell yesterday that it's just an unhappy team. It just screams to me that the end of Emery, I'm watching exactly the same, like we're so disjointed, there's no chemistry um, you've got Louise, El Nenny, Sabayos saying whatever to each other. Um, and as again, I think Arteta's got no support. Isn't Steve Round meant to be an experienced assistant manager? What has he helped him at all? I can't see any experience helping Arteta. I do feel sorry for him. Um, whoever whoever came in, whoever came in as a set piece taker needs to be sacked already. I tell you that because that is absolute disgraceful. Taking him and and defending from him, he's done nothing to improve us. He's just confused things. I've never seen a corner taken from an Arsenal perspective where we've got eight of our players standing on the keeper and we flick it to the first man. It doesn't reach him. He just gets cleared. I don't understand what's going on. And I mean, obviously, yesterday we conceded again from a set piece, and I'm just getting confused about why he was brought in because I can't see any improvement personally. So maybe you're right. Maybe he hasn't got enough help around him, but you know, who knows? I'm, resi- who knows? I'm resigned to him being, being sacked to be honest. And, you know, I've chatted to you a few times, Harry, I'm a big supporter of Arteta. I like him. I believe in him. I think he can be a great coach, but we're, we're at a point now where it's like Burnley have two games in hand and they look like a solid team and Arsenal don't look like a team that can one, hold a lead two get back into a winning position. If they go behind, if we lose, we're looking at a point best. Uh, they just don't look like a team that can hold anything. I saw um, Brighton today. They came out of a sticky situation, got a point. Um, Fulham, they're playing good football as well. Um, we're we're sinking 
fast. And I I think it, it's reaching a point where you wonder, is, is January going to be make or break? It, it really, January could be make or break if we do things or not for Arteta. Yeah. No, I don't disagree with that. Uh, let's bring in uh, another caller as well at the same time. Harry, welcome to the programme, mate. How hey you guys. doing? Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Hi, Harry. Good. Hey, man. Hi, mate. Right, quick, just quickly before um, uh, we get ha- some of Harry's thoughts as well. Sam, are you okay to stay with us for a few minutes? Yeah, sure. Yep, good stuff. Um, if you haven't already, make sure you smash the like button. If you're watching us on YouTube in particular, subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. And if you want to have your say between now and 10.30, um, send us a DM on Twitter to Chronicles underscore AFC. You can see it rolling across the bottom of your screens and we'll get through, as I said, as many of you as we possibly can between now and then. Harry, I'm going to bring in a tweet onto the screen, okay? I read a tweet yesterday um, that I thought was absolutely spot on. I'm sure you've probably all seen it. Um, It's from Swiss Ramble. And I want to get your thoughts on this because we're talking a lot about Mikel Arteta um, and we've spoken a lot about Mikel Arteta so far in this show, but I think Swiss Ramble um, sums the situation at the club currently up perfectly when he says absentee owner, inexperienced manager, inexperienced director of football, inexperienced chief executive, a scouting network dismantled, Chelsea rejects, expensive players ostracized, inexplicable recruitment policy, super agents having a laugh, zero creativity and a couldn't care less attitude. Is that not the the tweet of the week? Oh, that was nice to listen to, wasn't it? That's a great tweet. Yeah, that's probably um, all all correct, unfortunately, isn't it? Um, obviously, when we're winning the FA Cup, you know, there's no mention of Arteta's experience there. But you know, when the chips are down, then every, obviously everything around it gets mentioned. Um, we're in a mess. Uh, I love Arteta. I really liked him under as a player for us. I thought he was undervalued and you know not appreciated. Um, I think he's obviously uh, a, a gentleman of football, similar to Wenger in that respect. But when when the circus begins, when the stories leak, um, when the players look unhappy, you mentioned it earlier about David Luiz. Uh, it's probably the wrong decision not to have him as captain simply because you're adding fuel to the fire. You're almost making that story true. But David Luiz wasn't happy in his body language yesterday. There was a lot of arm, arms up in the air when players weren't moving quick enough or passing the ball, which he doesn't really do too much. Um, when all these things are happening, it's just, unfortunately, it's just, uh, just a sacking in the making. Um, and I think... There is nothing Arteta can do to to change it because the confidence is so it, it, it has just gone. And when when it's that bad, just nothing nothing goes your way. And the way we're conceding goals kind of shows that. And the worst thing about yesterday was Everton, an understrength Everton side, massively two fullbacks missing. I think Allen was missing, Rodriguez was missing. They didn't even have to get out of second gear. It was the easiest victory for them. They didn't even have to create a chance. Hopeful, a bad cross by Awobi gets turned into a goal and then a corner. I mean, it was easy for them. And that's where we are, unfortunately. And the only way you get out of this is to bring a new manager in. And it will be a short-term fix for sure. But what else do you do? Because the longer it goes on, it will get worse. Unless something happens against Man City on Tuesday, Wednesday, lift the spirits and maybe, maybe they can turn it around for Chelsea. Maybe. But it's so hard to see that. I was at the Burnley game and... It was uh, it was just empty. The fans felt it. The players felt it. We didn't play well. Um, we didn't deserve anything. You know, I know we created a few chances. But we didn't really deserve anything. 
Uh, and yeah, it's going to be so hard for Arteta to turn it around. I don't know what you guys think, but so it's a, so it's hard. A result, it's a results business, isn't it? You know, this this is yeah. what we've got to look at. The league table doesn't lie; it's a results business, and you can put as much faith or as trust as you want in this. Trust the process, give it time as much as you want. He needs to rebuild a squad. I don't want Arteta rebuilding a squad when we're in the Championship because trust me, we're not yeah, too yeah. big to yeah, go yeah. down. We are not too big to go down. Aston Villa, Norwich, Nottingham Forest, Ipswich, Leeds, they all said it. We're too big to go down. Leeds have only just got back up after 16 years. Yeah. So I don't want that to happen to Arsenal Football Club. The I'm only thing that keeps him now. in a job, sorry, the only thing that keeps him in a job is, is the lack of experience around. So, you know, an inexperienced director of football, you know, they'll think, they'll show probably a bit of blind faith. Oh, we can turn it around. We can turn it around. That's the only thing that will keep in his job. You know, the fact he plays for Arsenal, the fact he clearly loves the club, the fact there's all these wonderful Adidas marketing campaigns about how this is a new f- future and we're out of the family. They're all the things that make them think, oh, yeah, yeah, well, he can turn it around. But that's an emotional thought. That's, you know, that's, that's with your heart. Anyone, you know, anyone who, who knows football can see it's going to be so, so tough. And listen, man, Pre-season, I was well excited for the season because I really, really thought we could do something, you know, big. But yeah. it's not happening and you've got you to mix it up, man. I think they're scared as well because, you know, it screams two failed appointments already, you know. And Edu, yeah. Ed, Edu's his mate, isn't he? He doesn't want to fire Arteta. And Vinay, they're a nice little trio. And, you know, they're, they're getting their way because they're like, oh, we're getting rid of some of the egos, Ozil. Uh, Louise will be gone next summer. We're getting, we're starting off uh, before it's even started. It's gone wrong because, like I said, with this squad, they bottled it under Wenger. There's too many bottled it under Emery. And it, like you say, you know, it screams like a team that's already given up on Arteta. Yeah. No, it does. It, it really does. Uh, Sam, thank you for joining us, mate. Really, really appreciate it. And Good I'm job. sure we're going to speak to you again soon. Take Cheers. Care. Cheers, Sam. That was a brilliant Sam. Uh, Harry, you okay to stay with us for a couple of minutes? Yeah, mate. What else am I going to do? We're in tier no, four. Right. Yeah, what true. Am I gonna do? True. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's bring on uh, our next caller. Uh, Rowan, welcome to the show, mate. How are you? I'm Rowan, good. Thanks, Harry. Thanks for having me. Good stuff. Yeah, what do you want to say, mate? What do you want to say, mate? How are you feeling after the latest defeat? Our eighth one in the Premier League already. We've only played 14 games. I mean, uh, we lost 10 games in full season last year. We already lost eight. And I personally think Arteta has lost the dressing room. The fact that he dropped William last game and he brought him back this game because he wanted uh, William and Luis got contest sacked at Chelsea. So I think he feared the uh, same would happen to him. So he brought them back. I think the entire spine uh, at the club, not just the players, but Edu, Vinay, the owners, and Arteta, they all need to go. It's rotten to the core. Yeah, I mean, I think most people would agree that the whole kind of setup is wrong, isn't it? It's not, it's, you know, it's, it's worrying. You look at it and we've spoken about the lack of experience as highlighted by that tweet in every single position in the club right now. Harry, but... I, just going to put this to you before I let you go, mate, just because I've got a ton of people waiting to jump on. But would you consider bringing Arsene Wenger back <laughs> in some capacity? No, I wouldn't. I love Wenger and I was I was never Wenger out. Um, but no, I, I wouldn't because, because I think I'd rather have a, a new manager bounce, you know, bounce, bounce back, whatever you want to call it, uh, with a potential for, for them to stay. I don't see Wenger wanting to manage long long term. Um, 
Just Arteta needs to just get rid of his mantra, you know, forget his footballing principles or his personality principles. He's almost went with work ethic over ability. And that worked in the FA Cup, right? It, it got us to where we are. And it's almost like he wants players that ask him, like, how, how, how high do I have to jump rather than players that question, why am I jumping? Um, you know, the surprise package of, of the back five, you know, it, it faded out, it went. And now he needs to ask himself, fundamentally, he isolated players who are better than our current players. So Ozil, I get I get why you play him, I get why you don't. Wenduzi, I get why you like him, I get what you don't. But fundamentally, when you're starting games with Elneny and Ceballos, you're weaker. And he chose that because these are players who are on board with Arteta and they agree with him and how he, want, how he sees the game. But now we're just... We're in a worse position in terms of footballing ability. And then when the confidence is down, when the chips are down, and when your goal scorers aren't scoring, you need players who can get on the ball and create and move it. And Ceballos is a creative midfielder, but he is a bad creative midfielder because he can't play a through ball. His, his passing is off, his energy is off. And then he runs around like a headless chicken. So Arteta's made his bed, unfortunately, right, with his principles. So... He's just got to fucking accept it. And the only way he turns this around now is, is if he makes some real big calls and he's got to eat humble pie. If William was a shit signing, don't play him. There's no harm in saying you got it wrong. Do you know what I mean? Don't just keep trying to play him. He, he was shit against Burnley, shit against Southampton. He's going to be shit against Everton away, playing left wing. Just just, just say, cool, it's done. Laters, bring someone else in. And you're right about what you said earlier about youth players not necessarily proving that they deserve to play and why he would go with experience over that. But the argument against was it would be that, well, there's been six, seven, eight games in a row where they've done sweet, sweet FA. So, just, yeah. you know, get them out and, and get them back. But yeah, sorry, I, I went off there. But yeah, I don't I don't know if we're good getting Wenger back is the right thing. It just feels a little bit, a little bit weird. Yeah. But no. who knows? Who knows? Harry, thank you so much for joining us, mate. Um, and I'm mm. sure we'll speak to you again soon. Take care. Merry Christmas, everyone. Take care. Cheers, mate. Cheers, Harry. Um, Rohan, before I come on to a couple more callers as well, what, what's your, and I, look, a lot of people at the minute I mentioned Arsene Wenger have all gone nuts in the comments. No, we don't want Rightly Wenger so. back. Rightly we so don't so want Wenger back. No, no, no. Hold That's on your a fault, Harry, Hold bring on him a minute. Up. Hold on a minute, right? Arsene Wenger was a stable figure at Arsenal Football Club. I would back Arsene Wenger as a technical director, given his experience, given his know-how over Edu any fucking day of the week. Any day of the week. Mate, he's responsible what has Edu, what has Edu achieved in the game to make him a, a suitable technical director? What has he done? Uh, do, you know what, do you know what, Rowan? I'll let you come in and I'll, I'll say after because okay, I've sure. got to on this. Go on, go on Rowan. Sure. Uh, I personally think that Edu was a yes man, just like Vinay. I yeah. mean, we should have never hired any of them. And Vinay was not e even uh, in the director uh, position uh, at the first place, he was in marketing. And I, I personally uh, think uh, we need David O'Leary in, uh, I mean, uh, I think Vinay's position, Mark Ormars, or uh, I think Edwin Wendesar in Edu's position. And we need a new manager. Like every one of them in the board needs to go. Like we need a complete uh, reshuffle. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. And, and Dan, I'll, I'll bring you in um, on the whole technical director. And the, the reason I say this, and Look, I know that Wenger didn't do very good things towards the end of his Arsenal career, right? And I know a lot of people are going to bring that up in the in the comments. But Arsene Wenger, let's not forget, let's make no mistake about this. Arsene Wenger's Arsenal, whether you liked him or not, whether you thought he was a dinosaur or not, were never 
ever anywhere near this position, were they, Dan? No, and listen, I was a massive Arsene Wenger fan. I absolutely loved the first 10 years of his club, and he was too stubborn and should have gone years and years ago. But one thing we've been saying throughout the whole of this podcast is we need to move forward, not backwards, and we need to get rid of some of these players. These are the players this guy bought. Why do we want to bring this guy back in and say, be a technical director? Look at the players players we've bought since him, Dan. Look at the players we've brought to the club since Arsene Wenger. And, they've gone. and most of them are have gone. Torreira, Guendouzi, they've all disappeared. Exactly. So, so, so we so spend money on them and, and don't gone. even think they're good enough. But they've gone. doesn't matter. The ones that he's bought are still here stinking out the place. But they're not they're gone, are still they? Here. They're, they're, still on our, here. they're still on our here. books, mate. They're still on our books and we're still forking out money for them. But and we can't decided that they're not the players that he wants. This is what I'm saying. We do not want to be bringing back Arsene Wenger, who, by the way, has got no technical director experience whatsoever. So to say he's got more than Edu is crazy. So I just think personally, when you look at it, this guy is gone. Good riddance for you. Him and Gazidis were a problem. Wenger had too much control over this football club and wanted to do everything. As soon as David Dean left, this club went downhill because he had no other right-hand man to help him out and he would not accept another right-hand That's man. So unfair. That's so unfair. It's and true, mate. It's I'll true. Tell you why. I'll tell you why. why he had that... to go, bruv. I'll tell you why. That's so unfair. If anything, if we've learned anything from the last couple of months, uh, sorry, last couple of months, last couple of seasons, it's that Arsene Wenger was working fucking miracles at this football club season after season after season to keep us in the Champions League or there or thereabouts. When you look at the shit going on behind the scenes, you look at the the way we've done recruitment, the way everything else has been working in the background, the competition, the city coming along with a fortune to throw at people with, um, you know, Chelsea doing the same. I'm not saying I want Arsene Wenger to be the manager. I'm not even saying that I definitely no, want him. You want him to be the technical director no, I'm, say, I'm saying, I'm saying, I would trust Arsene Wenger to help guide this club back to closer where it needs to be. Then I trust Edu and Vinay and some of the other idiots because he knows the club. He understands the club. Yeah. And, and, and even look, I mean, let's have a look at this. Yeah. Lee Gunner. Lee Gunner is in the chat. Welcome to the show, mate. He says, but it's the Wenger players. Bellerin, he picks when he signs Cedric. Holding, he picks when he signed Mari, who is now fully fit. Xhaka, he picks when he binned off Genduzi and Lacazette over Balogun. They're, they're, they're all great points. So we can't keep blaming Arsene Wenger for the position we're in now because Arsene Wenger's Arsenal were never in this position. And what the last few seasons has proven, in my opinion, is that the guy was working absolute fucking miracles at this football club. Let's bring in Luke as well. Uh, Rohan, thank you so much for joining us, mate. And, thank um, you. I- I'll speak to you soon. I just yeah, have to move on because we've got a few uh, lined yeah. up. Let's, let's bring in two at once um, because I'm just conscious of time. Welcome to the show. Luke, how you doing, mate? Good. How are you? Yeah, good, mate. Thanks for hey, joining okay, us. Where, man. where are you joining us from? Uh, from New York, uh, Long Island, New York. Welcome, mate. Welcome to the program. Uh, let's bring Thank in you. Ronnie as well. Ronnie, where are you joining us from, mate? Evening, Harry. Evening, Dan. I'm, I'm joining from Palmer's Green, so not too oh, far. Down the road, far. mate. Down the road. <laughs> hey, Ronnie. How you doing, man? Yeah, good, <laughs> mate. Good. Love the show. Love the show, guys. Thank you, guys. Really appreciate it. Um, let's come to you first, Luke. Um, I, I seem to have have wound everybody up with this suggestion about Arsene Wenger uh, back in some in some capacity to the club. I, I, I'm honest. I, I, I'm honest when I say that 
well, I'm being honest when I say that, in my opinion, he is somebody I would trust more than Edu, than Vinay, to oversee what's going on at the football club. He's a he's someone with bags and bags of experience, and somebody like Mikel Alteta, who has absolutely none of it now, and is going for a really difficult period, I think would benefit from having somebody like that in his corner. Do you not agree, Luke? I, I mean, I think I... I agree with that statement, but I think something that I, I don't think people are taking into account enough is that like the Premier League has gotten so much better, even since like the Arsene Wenger days. Um, like teams like Southampton and West Ham, like they're just beating teams out here, like left and right. Like they can tie City away any day of the week, honestly. Like and that would not come off as a surprise. Leeds have flopped in incredible results this season. I just think if we're just looking back at like a 2015-16 Arsenal team and putting it into this season, I don't know how much is going to change. Given the history, yes, Arsenal have historically been fourth place finisher and we've always aspired to be better than that even. Um, but it all seems to have gone gone wrong like somewhere. And I think it it's down to the manager. And I think we had a lot of excitement when Arteta first came in, you know, like under he was under Pep. He was an Arsenal player. There's a lot of backing um behind his name but i think at this point it's clear that like inexperience has just like fully outweighed his like his prospect like manager status um that like it's time to move on and like we should look at managers like like potch and and even allegri i think like managers like that with experience but not necessarily the same style as Wenger, who i don't know how well he's gonna do if he comes back even as a technical director um, I think one of the things that that Wenger was was very good at was, you know, that Dan and I, I'll I'll come to you in a second. I'm going to come to Ronnie first, but yeah, go on, man. One of the things I thought that that Wenger did well was was bring a stability to the football club, and I feel like in the last few years since his departure, we've really lacked that. How many changes have we seen behind the scenes? Sven Mislintat came and went. Um, Raul Sanlei came and went. Uh, Hus Farmi's going. You know, it, and I'm not saying I'm I'm disappointed or upset that those people are going because clearly they're not doing they're not doing well enough. Um, but you know, I feel like the problem is is higher up the line than than it is just being a problem with Mikel Arteta. And, and Ronnie, do you, do you think it is fair to put all the blame on Mikel Arteta, or, or do you think I have a point that actually the club is broken? I think you both made really good points. To be fair, and I, I, I've been watching both of you guys and many other YouTube channels for for a very long time. And for me, what I would say is that you know, obviously, res, it's a results business, so Arteta is at fault. But there's a structure in a club, right? When Wenger was in charge, we can clearly see right now he took the brunt for many of the hierarchy. You know, you're talking about the Vinays, the Edus, the owners. He was all of that put into one. And this is where I agree with you, Harry. You know, he's done miracles in that sense. What we're seeing now is we need a structure, structural change. And what I mean by that is people are now, and fans of all channels are now blaming Kroenke, Vinay, Edu, Arteta. There's four different people they're blaming. But really, it's all four that he's changing. Yes, we can't get rid of Kroenke. He's going to be here for a long time. But what we can change, what he can change is... Vinay. Vinay is the boss of Edu and Arteta. He needs to go. He, someone needs to come in for his position, first of all. 
on a commercial value, David O'Leary, you know, someone that understands football but understands the commercial value. You know, then you need to bring in someone's replacement to Edu, someone that's got a, a niche in the market, maybe Overmars, people are saying Overmars, someone of that calibre that's going to actually see talent in the market like David Dean done. Then you need someone that actually follows in line as a manager. If you get all three right in a column, you're then going to see a successful football club. Hence why you're seeing Liverpool succeed right now. So I get your points, guys, but it's all to do with the full structural changes for me. And that's what needs to change. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I completely agree. Um, <laughs> Dan, let's come back to you, mate. Do you sack Mikhail now, straight away? Is that the yeah. answer? Yeah, it is, man. You can't keep sticking up for this manager and saying it's the players. He's the one picking the players. I, I, I can't yeah. have this, you know, it's not the manager. It's not just the manager. It's a situation that we need to actually look at and say that these players aren't good enough. Yeah, some of them are not good enough, 100%. So why does he keep playing them every week? How many times yeah. are we going to see Willian on the right-hand side? How many times is Lacka's threat going to come on? How many times yeah. is he going to throw Eddie on? How many times is Maitland-Niles going to prove that he can play in a certain amount of positions for us and just get dumped when Chaka comes back into the side? Or when Hector Bellerin, who can't even take a throw on, is coming on at right-back? So we need to get rid of this manager. Listen, I said that he had three games to prove me something different after we got thumped by Aston Villa at home. Yeah, he proved he's done nothing in the six games after that. So I need to get rid of this manager now because what happens, and I said it earlier, is if you do not get rid of this manager now, what you do is you back him in January and he then gets it wrong with recruitment, let's say, for example. You get another manager in to work with the players he's just bought. So you need to get rid of him now before January. If they want to sack him, it's going to have to be after we lose to Chelsea on Boxing Day because, let's face it, we ain't going to get a result there. Or if it gets to the stage where we're into January and it's like, look, we really do need some players here and he's not the long-term answer, let's get Rafa in. Let's get Allegri in. Let's get, you know, Poch if it has to be Poch. I don't care. Let's get somebody in who, are, who I believe can do better with this team because... I do not believe that we are a team that deserves being 15th place. No, we're, not, we're not that bad. We are not that mm, bad. Yeah. And this manager is making us this bad, personally. That's yeah. what I see. No, yeah. I, think, I think you're right. Just finally, Ronnie and Luke, just because I've got to move on, mate, we haven't got a great deal of time left and I need to get through a few yeah. more people. Yeah, mm. uh, um, come to you first, Luke. You're in charge of the football club. Mikel Arteta, do you sack him now? Or would you leave him a little bit longer? Uh, I'm going to have to agree with Dan on this one. I think Mikel has done enough for us to, to really see that, like, we have a team that's fit for top six right now. We should be top six on paper. We have a spine in – I understand Partey's injured right now, but we have a spine in Gabriel, Partey, Alba. We're missing that CAM link um, that's going to really bring the creativity out of this team. But with this team right now, with Leno in the back, we should be top six. So yeah. there's no reason for, for us to be in this position. And it, it comes down to management. It comes down to picking players. We have the players. Why have we, why is Saliba not made a single single appearance? Yeah. Honestly, like, honestly, Saliba, like, well, Rob Holding has not done anything. Like, what has Rob done that, like, can be, like, praised, honestly? Yeah. I no, think no, no. has done more than, than Rob Holding. Ronnie, your, your final thoughts, mate, on, on Mikel Arteta? Yeah, I've got to say, I've got to agree with the majority just because I've got to say, I, I, I thought the FA Cup was a good kind of smoking screen for him. I thought we could turn a corner here. Uh, realistically, what I would say is, 
he's he's basically become a liar. And, and I don't want to say that in a really disrespectful way, but it's basically, you know, non-negotiables, you know, putting out statements out there that we all know are fake. You know, people, he's not picking players on merit. He's dropping players, you know, that he shouldn't be. You know, it's just not going the way he's actually speaking at the moment. So he talks a good game. He's not going that direction. And for me, as a football club, if Unai Emery could have got us fifth in the league, and I know I weren't the biggest fan of Unai Emery, with this squad of players, he's actually got better players right now and he can't get nowhere near with 15th fighting relegation. So for me, I'm sorry, I want to give him time. We can all say he needs to be backed in January, but can we trust him to actually do the right thing? Can we trust him to actually produce results? I'm talking three points on a constant basis, even with a better team. The evidence shows he can't. So for that reason, as much as he talks a good game, and I like that, he needs to go for me. Sorry, Harry and Dan, he needs to go. No, I'm with yeah. you, Ronnie. With you, mate. With you. Great points. Brilliant. Thank you so much, guys. Going to have to move on, but thank Thanks, you. Harry. Really appreciate you coming on. No, Cheers. thank Cheers, you. Cheers, Hope to see you again soon. Come on. Cheers, guys. See you later. Yeah. That is the brilliant Ronnie and Luke. Right, we're going to bring free callers on uh, in this next round. Uh, we're going to busy, bring. Man. It's busy. Uh, yeah, it's getting very busy, and I want to get through as many people as possible. Um, welcome to the show, Marble Horse TV. How you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm good. Um, yeah, well, good personally, but not good in an Arsenal <laughs> set. Mate, I'm just, I'm just going to pause you there. Bear with me. I'm just going to bring the other two on as well, and I'll come back to you. Welcome to the show, May Sam. How you doing? Hi guys, how you doing? Hey mate Sam, how you doing? All good mate, Hi, all Dan. good. And uh, by popular demand, here he is. We don't agree on many things, but here he is, Lee Gunnar. Welcome to the Chronicles. Good evening. Maybe bring good evening back. Thank you for having me on, by the way. <laughs> no, worries, no worries at all, mate. No worries at all. Um, let's come back to you, Marble Halls TV, mate. Um, what have you, where are you on? We've gone down the Mikel Arteta route now. We, we talked about some other issues. Let's stick with Mikel Arteta. Um, I know Lee's going to have plenty to say on Mikel. Um, and 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 we'll 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 have a bit of a debate. We'll have a bit of a back and forth. Um, but Marble Horse TV, where are you on Mikel? Um, are you at the point now where you think he should be uh, shown the door? Um, he's got to go for me. Um, I was Mikel Arteta after we lost the Wolves. I thought, well, okay. The thing is, is that when he first came, right, I didn't really want it. Um, he was inexperienced. I wanted Benitez. I still do want Benitez. I think he's too good for China. Should come back to England or come to us. Um, but when I take a count the job, I thought, all right, cool. I don't want it, but I'll back him. He got some good results. He beat Man United at home in the league. Obviously, he won the FA Cup. And look, the FA Cup's not what it used to be, but still is, you know, it's just a trophy, right? But for him to be in the job, what, eight months? With a big, well, with a major trophy, good. But even in that post first lockdown period, right, we still had some crap results. We lost to Villa away, lost to Brighton away, lost this. We got slapped at City. Even Spurs beat us. Um, we had a few dodgy results for that period. And yet, and yes, we beat City in, in the semi, Chelsea in the final. We did deserve to win both games. But FA Cup went papered over craps, just like beating Chelsea in 2017, papered over serious craps. The transfer window was okay. I'll give it probably a 6 out of 10 because we did get Gabriel. We did get parts. We needed both positions strengthened. But we could have done more. Got rid of a lot of the deadwood, like Kalazanach, like Mustafi. We missed out those opportunities. 
and the results this season, Europa League, you can't count that. With all due respect to like Dundalk and them and Mulder, they're like what? Lower Championship, League One, League Two level, in my honest opinion. So even with the kids who are going to win those games. And for me, he's making the same mistakes. He's not learning. The tactics are shit. The mentality is shit. Uh, his press conferences, just buzzwords. And, you know, for me, if I were in charge, if I were crunk, I'd have sacked him weeks ago, to be honest. But he's just not good enough. Yeah, I, I mean, look, I, I feel like when I think about Mikel Arteta, first of all, actually, let me just quickly address the, the comments section of the video right now. Guys, there are people that you won't agree with their opinions. Yeah, there's people I don't agree with their opinions, but we're all entitled to our opinion and we're all ha here having a chat about Arsenal Football Club. So let's drop some of the, the stupid comments. I mean, uh, Lee Lee's smiling. <laughs> there's some... Yeah, Lee knows... Talking about me or Lee? <laughs> now, listen, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, Lee knows that I don't agree with a lot of his comments and a lot of his views, but we're going to have a debate and that's what we're here to do. So let's let's drop the shit in the in the comment section. There's no point. It's not necessary. Um, right. I'm going to come to, to you now, Lee. Um, with Mikel Arteta, I feel a little bit like I've been... I, I fell in love with Mikel Arteta when he came in because he was everything for me that Unai Emery wasn't. A good communicator, someone who had clear principles, as he as he show, as he spoke about anyway. Somebody who knew the club, somebody who understood the club, and I assumed was going to try and play the same sort of football as Pep Guardiola because I think every single one of us expected that coming from Manchester City, the footballing philosophy would be better than Unai Emery's, let's say. The, the communication was a problem with Emery for me because I never really felt like I could ever get on board when I couldn't work out what he was trying to say. And that's not to have a dig at him about the language thing because he could have easily used the translator. Marcelo Bielsa that does. And he's got the Leeds fans eating out in the palm of his hand. It, it, but Mikel hasn't delivered what he said he's going to be delivered, to be honest. And, and and there's no getting away from that. I think his man management's been poor. I think his tactics have been poor at times. And he is starting to get found out now, in my opinion. And I don't think necessarily that you can write him off as a coach in the future going forward. But this job was too big, I think, for Mikel Arteta when he took it. And and you were of that opinion, I guess, from, from earlier on. <laughs> I was of that opinion three weeks before he got the job, Harry. And it's, it's mad because... I've actually met Mikel Arteta, which is why I formed that opinion real quick of him, because he's arrogant. Yeah, people who say that about me, that's cool. I'm not paid six million quid to run Arsenal. You know, I've met him. He was just arrogant, um, thought he was the bee's knees. And that was when he was a player at Arsenal, by the way. Yeah, that was when the whole Higuain was at the training ground story. Yeah, I was actually in London Colney working. So I thought, let me drive around there. And I just met a couple of the players outside. And um, he opened his window about a millimetre for this little kid. Yeah, and said, what do you want? I thought, really? Yeah, and then obviously the fact that he's gone to, to Man City after his playing career, I thought, you know, he's sat next to Pep. So he's going to be even more arrogant now. You can't be coming in the dressing room when you've won less than most of them players, yeah, as a footballer, and, and coming with that arrogance. That ain't going to wash. Yeah, you've got players like Bellerin, who, who's the worst right-back I've ever seen at this club. He's won more than him. He's won more than Arteta. 
You know, that that's embarrassing. You know, yes, the, he may end up being a great coach. Go and learn your trade at Bolton, like somewhere Brentford. Yeah, don't learn it at one of the biggest football clubs in the world, which was going through for me, like when like it's going through a massive change. And listen, people can cry about the owner all they like. In the last three summers, we've spent nearly 300 million quid. Yeah, he's throwing his money in there, mate. And look at what you know, we spend it on. Maybe, it's, That's the thing. maybe it's the club's money. But the fact is, we move to be financially uh, self-sufficient. Well, we are that. So people can't cry about that because everyone was on board with that when we first moved. You know, so he ain't the perfect owner. He's far from it. I don't want him here. I'd rather somebody else that actually cares. But at the same time, Tottenham, their owner lives on a yacht in the Caribbean, man. He don't go to games. You know, this, this notion that you have to go to games to care. Well, Mike Ashley goes every week and they don't like him. You know, so so that's, for me, not an issue. Yeah, that's not an issue. He does have the ability to go and sack everyone. The board, uh, now his full ownership, um, and everyone else. The fact that they've recruited this guy, and let's be real, he was the number one target before Emery. You know, and, and the fact that you just pointed out a minute ago, Emery couldn't speak English, bruv. Yeah. And they were taking the mick out of him in training. And he still finished fifth with a team that had Mikatarian, Welbeck, Iwobi, Licksteiner, Koscielny, Monreal. Uh, who else was there? I don't know. Elneny was in the in the Europa League final squad. Denis Suarez. You know, the, me looking back at it now, and I said this when he got the job, if I'd known he was coming in, I would have kept Emery. You know, and if Emery had this squad of players, we'd be flying. I wouldn't say we'd be winning titles. Of course we wouldn't, because I don't think we're that that good. But with a, with a squad of Thomas Party, Gabrielle, Tierney, Maitland-Niles, who can play, like you said earlier, any position on the park. Um, Aubameyang, one of the best strikers in Europe who can't do anything at the moment. We've got Nicola Pepe, blows hot and cold, but he gives you a, a world-class moment out of nothing. We ain't got that in our squad with anyone. you know. And we took him off yesterday. What's that all about? Um and then you've got players like the young players, Saka, Martinelli, coming up through the ranks. Balogun can't get a game. Why? Eddie Nketiah, what is this he's doing with Nketiah? I mean, come on, the kid couldn't even play for Leeds, for God's sake. You know, and when I look at it and add it all up, you know, yeah, I might have stuck my neck on the line. Yeah, I've had a lot of stick for it. Yeah, and I, I'm, yeah, I am, for the people that gave me stick, like real naughty stick, like abusive stick. Yeah, cool. F you. Yeah, I'm sitting there smug with that. Yeah, for all the people that were respectful with it, and there's a lot of people that come on my lives that are respectful with it and said, yo, you're, you're chatting rubbish, but it's your opinion, and they watch it every day. They've come around and gone, yo, you're actually right. But everything that's happened with this manager, I've called every step. I said we'd be 16th on Boxing Day and Chelsea had slappers. I said that five, six, seven weeks ago. You know, and I don't want to be right. I didn't want to be right. But the fact is... You know, people can blame the players. Everyone said at the start of the season, top four. Well, it ain't the players then. Why weren't it the players then? That's, you know, that's on, a great yeah. point. That's a great point. And it is a great point, Lee. And you talk about, you know, party and Gabriel coming in. It's not even about that for me. It's about not changing it up. Because I've seen what Bellerin can do, can do for the last eight years at Arsenal. I've seen mm. what Chaka can do for the last five. I've seen what Ozil can do for the last six. I've seen what Lacazette can do. Why are these players, apart from Ozil, still just walking into this side? And he doesn't even seem to want to try a solution. That's what frustrates me. I'm you, seeing you the same thing. You make a great point. Sorry, sorry to cut you off here. You make a no, wicked point. Because I, I, take, I take the mick a little bit when I do my watch-alongs. As soon as I see Lacazette's face in the opening minute of a game, I will predict what game he's dropping on a scale of 0-10. Yeah, and I'm right every time. Yeah, because as soon as you see the geezer's face, you know if he's up for it or not. 
Yeah. yeah. How and if we all know, we all know is eleven. Yeah, we all know yeah, what yeah, he's yeah. going to do. We all know that he's bringing Willian off for Nketiah and 70-odd minutes. Yeah, we all know Bellerin's going to start every week, which is where all our goals come, down that side, because Holding's playing as a right-back because he's yeah. up right forward. You know, and, and the thing for me, I heard you say, Harry, yeah, earlier on, that um, yeah. there's a lot of Wenger players and um, we're still trying to overcome getting rid of the Wenger players. Well, he's picked Bellerin and begged him to stay. He had a loan option to PSG. He's begged Lacazette to stay. He's begged Granit Xhaka to stay. He was off to Germany. Um, Granite Xhaka, well, he gave him the captain's armband umpteen times this season, you know. So, yeah, I'm, yeah exactly. With any money in a January transfer, he should not be here. The fact they've not sacked him is to the detriment of this football club. And the reason I say that is because they've PR'd this guy to the high hills. If they come out and say, Yeah, we're sacking him, they then have to go and get an elite manager. Yeah. Because if they come out and say, Yo, trust the next process, we're all going to tell them where to go. Yeah, no. No, I, I agreed. Uh, let's bring let's bring May Sam in. Um, where are you on Mikel, mate? And listen, I'm I, I'm still. I've got to be honest. Like everybody here is is Mikel out at the moment. I am still of the opinion that sacking him is pro- is probably the right thing to do. But is it going to fix all our problems immediately? I don't think it is because I think the problems are more deep rooted than that. I I, I still I, I think that that tweet that we went through earlier on about the technical director, about the people higher up, the people. And I'm not even talking about the Cronkies. I don't even, the, the, the Cronkies sign checks. That's all they do. You know, yes, they're responsible for bringing the right people in to run the club. But it, it, for me, I still am not sure if sacking Mikel Arteta tomorrow, for example, is going to see this team's fortunes turn around immediately. May Sam, where are you on this? No, very good point that you touched on. And l- let me just make this one clear. I have zero loyalty to Mikel Arteta. Uh, just, I do want to make that crystal clear. He was far from an Arsenal legend in his playing time. And to be honest, he was a position that I was always looking at when he was a player and I thought we could do with an improvement. So I have no loyalty towards a man. What I am worried about, though, uh, people quite often think that sacking a manager is a free hit. It's not really a free hit because if you sack the manager and that sacking is not the right decision that potentially peg you back another one or two years that potentially put you in a situation that we are right now the squad that no one actually really takes the ownership of you know emery blame that i didn't get my players you know some of these players signed by mr Nintat, some of these players are signed by Salnehi and etc etc so sacking a manager is not free try to say okay this is not working let's try something else if you sack him and that decision is wrong, that will pull you back another one or two years. In terms of Mikel Arteta, I, th- I, I, I think he's yet to prove himself for sure. But w- there are, I'm, I'm just going to look at things that people criticize him for because I don't think these criticisms are, are, are not necessarily uh, very clear to me. And um, that makes me think that the situation that we are in quite possibly may not be his fault. I'm going to touch on the picking the players that Dan mentioned quite a few times. Players like Ainsley Maitland Nyes, Bellerin, Ceballos, you know, Willock, Eddie, and Lacker. They all have, we have a very good sample population of these players playing for Arsenal. Can we, in the court, cold light of the day, sit down and say, genuinely, there is a massive difference between the quality of Ainsley Maitland Nyes and Bellerin? I mean, Ainsley played last weekend, 
Bellerin played I agree with you. I agree with you. I I agree with you, mate. And it's a point I made earlier. We can all sit here and say that loads of these players shouldn't be in the team. But we haven't got world beaters sitting on the bench that are not getting a look. Exactly. Harry, we've got exactly. kids. We've got, options, we've got no, kids. Harry, you've got we've options, got kids. And he's not I even trying not, the options. I would, not, I would not trust Reese Nelson to play right wing for me every single week. But I would not Reece, trust would Joe Willian. Willian though, Harry, that's the point. Well, guys, can I just finish on yeah, yeah go back. Yeah, finish. Sorry, yeah, of course, course. Sorry, mate. Sorry. I mean, lots of comparisons been made between Bellerin, Maitland, Tobias versus Willock, and Eddie versus Laka, William versus Pepe. I don't think actually any of them is significantly better than the other. So what the manager is doing, he's picking some that he thinks is better. I think in in effect that they're all equal, and he's sticking to that because he's chopping and changing to that. That doesn't make the squad gel together. So make the call on whether you're a fan of Pepe or William, whether you're a fan of and stick to that because then at least you can get some harmony. There is no one in the bench, in my opinion, that is, it's obvious you come in and say, okay, this is definitely a better player than, than the rest of them. So that's the question of um, lineup that I wanted to address. He gets a lot of criticism for formation. You had, um, uh, William, uh, Adrian Clark come in here and saying the answer is not in the formation. He was playing a formation towards the back end of last season and uh, it was working very, very well for him. And Harry, you criticize him for why did you go back on that formation? You've got to bear in mind, mate, that that formation was working out really well for us, but it was highly dependent on unreal form of Pierre and Ricardo Mayak because all the goals are going to come from him in the transition mode. When, when Aboyang basically hit the drop that he had at the moment, he was forced to change that because A, you need to help your striker is not getting any more goals, and B, you need to create a lot more chances than you had previously because your conversion last, RXG conversion last year was unreal. So I think he was forced to do that change of formation. The third thing that I want to touch on, non-negotiables that people are talking about, um, and I think I've, I've heard how you accuse him of double standards um, on that, uh, basically applying non-negotiables to Ozil and, and Gunduzi, but not to William. But I'm asking you, even Ozil and Gunduzi have repeatedly been given chance to integrate themselves in the squad. Gunduzi picks up a fight with Socrates, one of the senior and most polite gentleman member of the squad. He gets hold off, he gets back integrated in. He goes and makes that shenanigans in, uh, against Brighton and uh, you know, say disgraceful stuff to, to Neil Mopé, which is not what this club is about. Still, he's not, um, he's not been ostracized for that. He, he calls, he gets called in, he goes in there and acts like a petulant child. And with all these non-negotiables, because put yourself in, in Arteta's shoes. You come to a squad, you see the quality is absolutely shite. You just put some non-negotiables that everyone has to work hard and, and be committed to the team. Because if you leave that behind, you know, what else you got? Because you've got a bunch of players, and if you're not going to work hard either, you know, what's going to happen with poor players that are not even going to work hard? You know, you know, you talk about really going to Dubai and coming back and getting a different treatment. Is that, is that really a big divergence from non-negotiable? I, I really don't think so. I mean, really has gone to Dubai... Okay, maybe not ideal, Harry, but he's not, it's, he's not breaking any law because he, he, 
hang on, either he's gone there on business or he's lying, he hasn't gone on business. But really, and at the end of the day, gone to Dubai, come back fit and come back in a way that he's not imposed to quarantine requirement. So he has not hurt the team in any shape or manner. I think he's a lot not, of people... Uh, he's not, Maysan, but you, you can't... You can't, as a manager of a football club, be seen to have favourites. You, you you can't be seen to have that. And and particularly not in public. You know, we, every manager has their favourites. Every manager will, will be a certain way behind the scenes. But when results start going against you, when there's clearly disharmony behind the scenes, those are the kind of things that people are going to pick up on and people are going to look at with a microscope and, and pull apart because Mikel has shown double standards with with some instances but, you know but you, Harry, that, that is a, ma- a very minor indiscipline compared can i just cut in there mason mate? Sure, sorry on, sorry on, yeah mate. you, you sure. you've made a couple of points right Num- number one is it's not a minor issue when he's a brand spanking new player to this football club that's supposed to be doing the business on the pitch every week and he's had one shot on target in 12 games right number two he was supposed to be coming in what we all thought as a fringe player, yeah, with his experience to help the younger players or Pepe out. That's not the case. You also said a minute ago, which I want to just pick you up on, that this squad's rubbish and he's come into this squad that's rubbish. You know he's picked 11 of these players out of 25, right? He's signed them. That's nearly two-thirds of the squad, mate. He hasn't signed them. He might have extended them because you just cannot sign 20 new players. He's extended three of them in terms of Saka, Martinelli and Aubameyang. They then offered. He would have had a, a say in. He then offered to get Dav, uh, Danny Sabios back. His choice. Add on top of that, he signs a right back from Southampton that don't get in squads. He signed Pablo Marie. Fair enough, injured. Yeah. yeah. Um, we know about the other players he signed. Right. We know about them. He signed eight players. Runnison, one of them as well. But he's, he's then added on to that with the contract extensions. Then add into the fact that he's bombed out Saliba. He's bombed out Ozil. I can't stand Ozil. Can't stand a geezer. Yeah, you know this, Harry. You know I don't like him. Yeah. But the way that's been handled is a fast. You've then got Torreira being binned out the club, Ganduzi being binned out the club. He's then sold our best goalkeeper to Aston Villa, who, by the way, have won 3-0 again tonight. So they're now, what, seven, eight, nine points ahead of us with a game in hand. And they're, what, eighth, ninth? You know, then add into the fact, yeah, that people... People will sit there and tell you, oh, it's the Cronkies. Well, no one was talking about the Cronkies in the summer when I was tweeting, we care, do you? Because I rated the window a three. People can sit there and say, oh, but we need to get rid of the dross. They're holding us back. Well, let's be real here. Out of that starting 11 every single week, Bellerin, fair enough. You're dross. That's one out of 11. Holding, that's two. Xhaka's three, but he ain't playing recently. I know he's suspended now, but he hasn't played every game recently before that. Yeah, then you've got Lacazette. Name me any other Wenger players in that starting 11 because Kalazanak don't get a game. Abamyang, I'm not counting him. He came in in January. Wenger left in, I said he was leaving in April. Not counting that. Uh, you can know? I, so people can I, say it's Wenger this and Wenger that. Sorry, it's not. It's his decisions. And he's had more backing from this football club with what's happened over the whole summer and the January window before that, in the 12 months today, I think it is, he's had the job. He's had more than Vengrad in the last three years and Emery had in 18 months. The excuses for this guy, not only from fans, but from the media, for me, is ridiculous. Based on what? I don't let see me, it. Let me, um, let me can just, I just re- respond to that point? Because can the, the, can the I just interject a bit? Yeah, let me just bring yeah. Marble Hall's yeah. TV in because he hasn't... Yeah, he hasn't. Sure. Go on, go ahead, mate. Yeah, um... 
yeah, I, I respect your opinion, Mason. You made some, well, you made some reasonable points, right? I respect your view, but I've got to disagree with some. Um, you were saying William and Pepe were similar level. Look, Pepe, since he joined, obviously he's our record signing, right? But since he joined, he's been okay. Not shit, not excellent. Okay, in my opinion. But I'd still say this season he's done a lot more in terms of goals, assists. Obviously, he scores penalties. I'll say he brings more to our game. Even though he's not been outstanding, he does bring more to our game, like, holistically than William has. Either that's just this season. Um, but, but Blair, brother, can I, can I just yeah, interject yeah. on that? Because yeah. mate, just forget about the group stage of Europa League. That is not representative of what the challenge but, that you're facing. You have is, to take that the, out because it's just so unrepresentative of the levels. That right, but the, the game does not count then. But the uh, thing no, is, I don't agree with that. Don't agree come with on. It's got more league goals in the system William will do all season. He's hardly ever plays. He's never played more than five games in a row, Pepe, for this football club. And he's better than any right winger we have at this football club. And, and Lee, I, he has not had one decent performance you know, from, from front to end. Even in the games that he, he scored goals, he actually has not had a good game. The only good game well, did he not have a good game Europa? for 20 minutes against Sheffield no. United, which ultimately won us the game then? Did he not have a good game against yeah, Man yes. United when he won he us the game? Did he not have a good game Yeah, no. when he beat Vistoria with two free kicks? Come on, bruv, seriously. Just, just pick up what I'm saying. Just think that he had good spells, but he did not have the consistency throughout the game. And Who the has? that has always been that... Name me three players in the squad since Arteta has been here that have had consistency better than Pepe then. To, to be honest, I mean, <laughs> exactly. you look at you look at you look at Pepe Lee. This player I just, I just, struggled I just, with the very basics of football. Honestly, the, just, the way he runs. To, look at I his composure when he's running, when he's actually going on, and all of a sudden trying to. You do know that he's got a running record for for goal contributions in 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 uh, his Arsenal career. Bear in mind, like I said, he's never played five games in a row. He's constantly benched. Yeah, when he scores, he's then benched the next game. He scored a screamer against Brighton, he was benched the next game. He scored a screamer against United, he was benched. He scored against West Ham away, he was then benched. Every time the geezer scores, Sheffield United this season, benched. You know, it's, it's embarrassing, a, man. Let's just, let's just bring... A massive part of the reason we won the FA Cup, by the way. Let's just bring Marble Hall's TV back in. I think he wanted to say something there. Sorry, mate. Yeah, I think you got yeah, that's all right. Go that's all right. I just want to say very briefly, his game management, absolutely crap. The Tottenham game away... We played into Jose's hands and he was saying after the press conference, his usual post-press conference bullshit, oh, we had more of the ball, we had more chances. Yes, we did. But Jose intended to play that way. The thing is, he's very hot and cold in game management. The Man United game away, um, he actually managed that game well. I think that's the major reason we won the game. But there's so many other instances. Look, Wolves, he got out-tacted by Nuno. Even Sean Dyche out-tacted him. <laughs> Um, what's his name? Who's the Who's the Aston Villa manager? Dean um, Smith. Yes, yeah, yeah. He outtacked him. Every week he gets outtacked. How? No, how think, can you... That's a great point, mate. And 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 I I remember doing a preview of the Spurs game. Um, not just on here, on 90 Min and on uh, on various other places. And we were talking about the game. And I and the one thing I kept saying was, we went to Spurs last season. We got sucked into Jose's trap. Do not do it again. Go there, sit off of them. You sit off of them. They will sit off of you. You'll come away with a draw. I would be certain of that because Mourinho doesn't try and win games like that. Mourinho's attitude going into those kind of games is 
Let's not get beat. That's exactly the approach Mourinho would have taken. And Mikel Arteta showed his naivety. And I said it after the game as well. Naivety. And with each passing week, we're seeing that naivety. We're seeing that inexperience shining through. And yes, I was I, I was backing Mikel at the beginning. And even okay, now... Harry, I, do, do, you, do you honestly think that Mikel Arteta going, going into that game, he didn't know that Spurs were going to counter-attack? Because when you well, say naivety, that means that he didn't know that, right? But he it's fell into it, didn't he? But he fell into it. He fell into the trap. It's happened to him twice at Spurs. Twice. The point is, he's not learned from the mistakes, Sam. That's what we're saying. He's not learned from it from last season. And then he watches his boy Pep go and get toyed. And then he watches Frank Lampard, who everyone hates, by the way, go and not get toyed. So you can't sit there and then say, oh, you don't think he was going to do it. Of course he knew he was going to do it. And he fell into the trap. Surely everyone could see that. And he mm. went straight into it and we lost 2-0. And, and I said this, that, and I was slated on this podcast for that. We, Sorry, we all Lee, know as well, lads, as well, yeah. Real talk, right? We have the Europa League, then we have Spurs. Then we have Europa League, then we have Burnley, right? He's hooking off Reese Nelson after 60 minutes. Okay, fair enough. It turned out he had a little injury. We didn't know about it, yeah? Right? But he'd done it with Pepe the week before, before we went to Old Trafford and he never played Pepe. Pepe was having a field day. Why are you taking him off? You know? And we all knew... That when we come to that Spurs game, Bellerin will be back, Holden will be back, Xhaka will be back, etc., etc. Same with Burnley. If we all know that as fans, every manager in the Premier League knows what, our, what we're going to do at right back, what we're going to do at centre back. If we know that, they know that. And it's no coincidence, like you've just made a great point, he's done it at Tottenham twice. Yeah, twice. Yeah, I'm sorry. Our fans sitting there watching them sat second or first at the time, yeah, and us in 15th, and people are accepting that. I'm sorry, that ain't Arsenal for what, me. What, what I will say, though, what, what I will say is, had we been going, had we gone into the Spurs game in better form, i.e. having started the Premier League season in, in a stronger fashion, and we were playing on the front foot week in, week out, and we went there and we tried to play on the front foot, continuing what we'd been doing, you know, continuing to try and develop and continuing to try and go and win football matches, then I would have been more accepting of it. But we were in dire straits. And actually, the priority should have been, as a manager who's struggling, to not lose the North London derby, as opposed to going there with this bravery that comes from what? Mikel, everything Mikel's achieved as Arsenal manager up to this date, I, and I'm talking about the FA Cup, was achieved being pragmatic. It wasn't achieved going out and trying to blow teams away. Yet we go to Spurs and that naivety just shines through. Let me bring Albert in because he's been waiting there really, really patiently. Albert, I think May Sam is, May Sam is, is still behind Mikel Arteta, I'm assuming. Um, I'm right in saying that. And that's absolutely fine. As I said, and, and for those people having a dig at people's opinions in the comment section, just cut it out. We don't need it. Yeah, yeah, we're don't having... We're having a respectable debate here. No one's been rude. No one's been nasty. That's what it's all about. We're all Arsenal fans. We all want the same thing. Albert, where are you on this whole Mikel Arteta debate? Have you lost your patience with him yet? Harry, I spoke to you last time. And first I've got to say is um, I've got no sentiment towards Arteta. Actually, majority of these group of players at Arsenal have been here for the last maybe five to ten year period. But um, that's the first thing I've got to say. I said to you... Um, where I was with, where I was with Arteta is before the Leeds game. I said he'd be lucky to make it before before the end of the year. So we got eleven days, um, and we ain't beat Brighton since they've come back in the Premier League. I think recently away, not we've not gone there and won at all. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right but um, 
Yeah, I think he'd be lucky to make it before the end of the year, mate. Irrespective of whatever Edu says, he's going to come out and back his guy in it. But like, like I say, modern day football, actually football anytime, inexperienced, experienced coach doesn't matter. It's a results business. We're this is the worst I've ever seen Arsenal. And I'm old enough to remember before Arsene Wenger. And do you know what, Albert? There are people on social media, there's people on my WhatsApp groups actually being serious, saying we're really lucky that Sheffield United and Brighton dropped points and that Leeds got battered Crazy by Man United today. Like, this is Arsenal Football Club, yeah? yeah? And we're talking about being excited by Sheffield United and Brighton drawing today. That's how far we have come. And people yeah. are still making excuses, saying, oh, the, man, the team ain't good enough. It's, it's not the manager. They've been doing it, it for a decade, I, I, man. Give Wenger another go. Give him another go. Give him another go. Then it's all fourth is a trophy. The day he came out and said that as a manager, that was the end of this football club for me. Because our standards have been in the gutter ever since. Yeah, If we finish second this season, for example, our fans have lulled that up. Yeah, which is exactly but, why if, I don't really get Lee, on with a lot I, of it. Can I just, if you appoint a manager, if, imagine we sack Mikel today and appoint yep. a manager that, that is right. How much time do we need to give to any manager? Because like what Harry said, I'm actually not defending Arteta. Anyone else, the stick was in a position of Arteta, I would have said that you need to give him more time and more transfer. You know? It's not defense of the mantle. Everyone needs to transfer because well, I believe no, no, this that's is a, squad, that's a very good question, Mason. Needs yeah. to be yeah. If I can just add one thing, if you just look at look at Dorian Klopp with Liverpool, they were not in a great position with, with Klopp to cover. No, no, no. Can I just kill that argument off straight away? Sorry, because this notion that they were rubbish when he first took over is absolute crap. The first game he took over, they drew nil-nil away to Tottenham. The third game in his reign or the fourth game, they slapped Chelsea up 3-1. The fourth game or fifth game of his reign, they won at City away 4-1. I, I yeah. wasn't going to say they that. They had Moreno at left back. They had Sacco at centre back. They had Benteke up front. Come on, man. They had uh, Jay Rodriguez no, in the team. Come on. I wasn't, wasn't, wasn't going to make that point. I, I wasn't going to make that point. The point that I was going to make was that the team that under club won the league actually had two players only in common with the team when he took over. Jorgen Klopp could not improve the wicked land. He could German not improve Lovren. in Germany. The comparison to Klopp is ridiculous because he okay. won a league title and let me, Champions let, me, let, me just come in. let me just come in here with, with, with this with the Klopp comparison. But you, but you appointed get, him, right? You, I you get, appointed him, but you, you got to give him time. If if you're saying that him a year and he's taking us backwards four years. Maysam, I, I get Maysam. Listen, mate. You're, I agree. I listen. I love this guy's passion. By the way, you're you're a real one, bro. Yeah. You're backing him all the way. I can't even like. I'll argue with you and I'll debate with you. Yeah, but the I, fact I, you're I, saying, hands no, on hard, hands on... yeah, you're the you're the opposite side of the spectrum to me. I ain't backing down from Arteta out. You're not backing down from Arteta in. But Mason, yeah, well, hands on heart, I've got no loyalty towards him. Believe you me, I have no loyalty towards him. I think I'm, there's I'm, Harry, the point. Harry, you know what it is. Go so on, Harry, you know what it is. Like people talk about stats, right? But. I look at some of the things that we see that come up about Arsenal, and it's it's shocking, man. It's a crime sheet. I mean, we're, we're, we're you know we're bottom in terms that, of that bit's getting that bit's getting clipped up, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is. How it is. I mean, you saw that breaking stat that, all the wrong yeah. records, Albert. Isn't it? You know <laughs> That's what I'm saying, Dan. Like you saw that stat that came up yesterday. Like we rank bottom in all the attacking stats in the league. <laughs> What we all agree on is that the situation that we are in is crap. I'm not arguing against that. 
I'm arguing against that whether sacking the manager is going to improve this situation with these kind of players. 100%. Because if you bring in Hassan Hootel, for example, number one, he's going to hopefully put some youth in there. Secondly, he's going to play a decent style of football, which you could see what he was doing at Southampton inside a month. Yes, they got hammered 9-0 and any big club would have sacked him. Yeah, they wouldn't do that. Southampton, fair play to them, yeah? But that, I mean, you, you, you answered it yourself. You know, yeah, time. When you're, just sorry, sorry to cut in again, mate. When you sure. said about Klopp and none of them players are there apart from Origi and whoever the other one is, I think Milner, right? What Klopp did was come in as a winner already, yeah? So he had them fans on side. And like I said, inside five games, you've drawn with Tottenham, you've beaten Chelsea, you've beaten your City away, who, by the way, were a title-winning team at that point. So he had the trust straight away. It didn't take six months. I know we've had a lockdown and all of that, or nine months, and then he, he fluked an FA Cup for me. Fair play, I love it, but he fluked it for me. Pulisic was clean through on goal and pulled a hamstring. You know, so for me, it's a fluke. And VAR ruled two goals out at, at Sheffield United. Without that, we would have been knocked out. But he had a style of play. Hassan Hootel will promote the youth. He will have a style of play. And let's be real here. Everyone can mug this squad off as much as they want. There is 15 players out of that 30 odd that we have available to us. Yeah, well, 25, but 30 as a whole. We could pick 15 of them and build an 11 right now that will get us up in that top six. That's a start. Yeah, the then thing is, spin off the ones that are out of contract and you go again. The thing is, with what with what you were saying, May Sam, about the you know the Klopp thing and that he, he only had two of the players still there by the time he won the league. I, I completely agree with that. And I know and and you're being absolutely fair, I think, when you say that Mikel hasn't had the time to do that kind of turnaround in terms of the number of players in and the number of players out. And I, I completely agree with that. Add to the fact that in the summer uh, you know, we all knew that Arsenal wanted to offload a lot more than they managed to in the end. I, I completely agree with that. I think that's all fair. Where my issue and, and, is, and is I, George, Jorginho, remember that because everyone yeah, yeah, thinks yeah, no, of course. If you no, no, of to course. sign Jorginho, it shows that you hate Chaka. Sorry, I but, just had to open that bracket. Yeah, <laughs> the, the, the point I'm trying to get to here is that whilst all of those points are absolutely fair, whilst you're at a club the size of Arsenal or the size of Liverpool or even bigger than Arsenal, you'd argue. When you're at a club of that size, you will be afforded time if you are showing signs that you're going in the right direction. And Klopp's results at the beginning were inconsistent. But as Lee pointed out, he was winning games against the so-called bigger sides. He was picking up impressive results. His football was catching the eye. And there were a lot of positives that the Liverpool fans could take and buy into. At the beginning of Mikel Arteta's tenure, there was no bounce. There was no you know, upward trajectory. Everybody kind of got on board. And I, I'm guilty of this myself. I got on board with Mikel Arteta because I felt like he had a very clear idea. He had a very clear understanding of where it was he wanted to go. And I thought that he would be able to navigate us there. The problem is that certain situations that have arisen during his Arsenal tenure so far have seen him stray from what he says, stray from what his principles are supposed to be. Um cut his nose off to spite his face with a number of situations. I haven't been Matteo Genduzzi's biggest fan, but I think he would do a better job in our midfield right now than some of some of the players we're currently playing. And whether he's 
whether he's shown a bad attitude or, or, or not, I'm sure people like Sir Alex Ferguson would have dealt with shit attitudes during his career. Roy Keane is a prime example of someone who ruffled feathers with his manager all the time, would argue with his teammates all the time. But you don't leave these players out to the detriment of your team. You have to find a way of, of, of managing the situation. That's why they're called managers, because they have to manage the situation as best as possible to get the maximum out of their group. And Mikel has not done that. Apart from the FA Cup, and when I'm talking about that FA Cup campaign, we're talking about two matches. Let's be honest, we're talking about two matches, a semi and a final. Beyond that, there was nothing spectacular in it. It was those two games. And, and beyond that, I can't look at this Arsenal side and think, We've made big strides. The one thing you could have said about Mikel maybe six weeks ago was that he made us more defensively sound. But even that has gone out the window now. And we're yeah, back I mean, to be... Yeah, can we just sum up, and Harry, I would say goodbye after this. And uh, thank you very much for bearing with me. And um, yes, we have not made biggest strides. I 100% agree with you. And this is not okay. Uh, you mentioned that Klopp has been beating big sides. I mean, you would argue Arteta beat Man City and Chelsea in the final, uh, beat Liverpool in the league and in the Community Shield as well. And also, by the way, we just broke the record of not beating United at Old Trafford for 15 years, and he's done that as well. Um, so, but, you know, what, <laughs> the, 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 the crux of the matter here. <laughs> so oh, he, he is beating some of the big sides, but, but guys, he's also I'm the statistically he, third worst manager in our history. No, I'm, I'm not delusional. Um, I'm not saying that we are making biggest strides here. I'm absolutely not saying that. But what I am saying is, really, in, in terms of his players, we only had Gabriel in this side. We, we've not had the benefit of Thomas Party at all, which was absolutely crucial because he was going to have a transformational effect on this team. You mentioned some of the players like Cedric, Pablo, Mari, William. These are auction signings, Nick. These what about Luis and Ceballos, then, that he signed? He, that, Ceballos, he didn't want Ceballos, man. That's, well, I'm he glad he you touched him on that. on holiday he, to Madrid and getting a sports bubble. And we'll yeah, get you because back someone is, yeah, because someone... Yeah, because... He was that alone. And, and, and the question is, you know, had he wanted it, why would he have gone back to Madrid anyway? Had he wanted him, why did he not sign him permanently and get him on another lot? Because he wanted it's, someone else. They couldn't get him and said, OK, yeah. mate, you got this option of keeping the Ceballos that is OK or basically nothing because we're not going to have time to spend on, a, on an attacking me. Same about William. The only reason that William has been signed, guys, is because Pep has been off. And he's been signed to be an option player. If he's getting but more game time, it's because Pep not, is not a stepping up. We've seen it as soon as Pep has stepped up, William has benched Pep This is the thing, though, Maystam, yeah. I... And, and you can go back on the channel and you'll find a, a video or a podcast when... Arsenal signed Willian. And the first thing I said was, if this guy is here to provide some experienced cover in those wide forward areas, I'm okay with that. But not if he's going to be a first-team option. And the fact that he starts every week it shows that he is a first-team option. Right, guys, we're going to wrap it up because we were supposed to go for an hour. It's been an hour and a half. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm, 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 you know what? Every time I go in someone's chat room, I swear it blows up mad. And I don't mean to do it because it takes over the chat. Yeah, I've got to stop commenting in people's chats. No, yeah. no, no, it's fine. Listen, it's been it's been a fantastic... Thanks, I appreciate it, man. No, you're welcome. You're welcome. Everybody's welcome. As I say, that's the whole point of this show. We do it once a week and we get you guys on to have your say. And it's 
look, it was good debate. It was respectful debate. Everybody made great points. Um, and I appreciate every single one of you coming on, not just you guys on the screen now, but everybody that's been on earlier in the show, that's been on previous shows, everybody in the live chat uh, for getting involved, everybody for... Um, you know their interaction thank you all so much uh don't forget before we go smash the like button if you haven't already subscribe to the channel if you're new and if you're listening via the audio please leave us a review check out 90 min as well um check out the welcome to world class series uh that we filmed a few weeks ago it's really good fun and, and the videos are dropping every tuesday and wednesday uh for the next couple of weeks so please check that out too and uh, we'll be back very soon with more so until then take care and uh, stay safe. Cheers. I'll tear it around. Thanks, you. Thanks, guys.